0: Five hour energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss, getting rid of old clothes.
1: Oh, my old bell
0: bottoms. Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. Five hour energy. Energy for hunkering down. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of
2: NASCAR.
3: Let's get a big thumbs up. get ready to rock and roll today. Let's have some fun. 400 laps. I got you guys there. Have a great day. 10-4 tonight tonight we'll make it happen
2: we know what we got to do the motor racing network presents nascar live the fans on their feet here at the world center of racing it is easily three lanes wide you can go four
4: lanes and we'll see that well down here uh, strategy is going to be fun to watch how this plays out in
2: any series it is a big deal to win here at daytona nascar live is brought to you by hercules tires ride on our string from the motor racing network studios in concord north carolina Here is your host, Mike Bagley.
5: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live right here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the MRN crew here with you and friends. We are pumped up and ready for action. The season is finally here, and this weekend, we're going to start Speed Weeks at Daytona. Coming up on today's show, we'll preview each of NASCAR's top series, and we'll start With the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, 2016 season champ Johnny Sauter is going to stop by. He'll preview the Truck Series for 2018. We'll then transition over into NASCAR Xfinity Series chat with championship four contender from last year, Justin Allgaier of Junior Motorsports. He'll do the same for his series. And for the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, Kyle Busch's crew chief, Adam Stevens, is going to stop by. We'll talk about all the changes and challenges heading into a brand new racing season. Kim Coon's gonna stop along with the social media minute. Also, Jack Root's going to be by with a page from the past and a whole lot more. To kick us off for today, let's bring in Woody Kane, who has a check of the latest NASCAR news. Mike, a host of changes for
6: the coming season, even though NASCAR describes what's new as a stabilization situation, most noticeable to fans will be only five crewmen over the wall for pit stops. Gene's definition is NASCAR's Senior Vice President for Innovation and Racing Development.
2: It's going to be interesting to see how each team handles this. We're going to see a lot of different things by different teams so it should make the pit stops a lot more exciting a couple of notes
6: about the pit crews the gas man this year will only be able to fuel the car during a stop unless he's helping fix damage and not adding gas to the car essentially he can only fuel the car or help somewhere else not both also nascar is supplying pit guns for changing tires to the teams eliminating the arms race there Jamie McMurray says how teams manage this will be huge in 2018.
1: Whoever were like the two most important guys last year maybe aren't the two most important guys this year. Like That role has kind of shifted because of having one less guy and the pit guns being so much slower. So the pit crew thing is going to, that's really going to shake it up, I think.
6: Next, NASCAR's new high-tech inspection station. The old templates in the Room of Doom are being replaced by lights and computers to measure the car bodies in better detail. And cars will have to pass that scan before being allowed on the track to start a weekend, according to Stefan
2: All we're doing is being able to collect more data about the car instead of, as you know, we use our templates today. We only collect data every 18 inches or so. Now we're going to be able to build a whole surface, but we're not you know, asking the teams to make the cars more accurate. So it'll help in that regard, and it will actually help with efficiency at the track. where We can get cars inspected much quicker and get them through the system, get them on the track. Add in no ride heights at
6: super speedways with a slightly bigger spoiler to scrub off some speed and help keep cars from getting airborne and you can see why brad kozlowski believes there are a trio of elements to watch play out through the season
1: well for daytona immediately it'll be the setup changes those are going to have the biggest impact but beyond that once we get outside of daytona it's going to be all the pit stop stuff really shake it up and by the end of the season we'll have figured out the pit stop stuff and it'll be about the new nascar hawkeye inspection station and the bodies on the race cars so I think it's really going to change. There
6: are several more changes for 2018, and you can get much more detail about all that at
5: mrn.com. Mike, thank you, Woody. We'll continue season previews with the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion Johnny Sauter, and later Justin Allgaier.
4: This tax season, AutoZone has everything your car needs, and now those parts and supplies come with more savings when you sign up for the AutoZone Rewards Program. You'll earn 20 bucks every time you spend $20 or more five times. One more way to get more done. And this tax season, get more savings and more miles with great deals on the right oil and filters to keep your engine better protected. Stop in, and let's get you what you need. Restrictions and details in store.
0: Get in the zone, AutoZone.
2: Progressive presents Get Pumped. Inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Okay, time out. You're going to let your budget be the boss of you? Take control with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay for car insurance, and we'll help you find options that fit your budget. Here's some music to get you pumped. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
5: The NASCAR Camping World Truck Series is going to kick off its 24th season coming up. One week from Friday, the next Era Energy Resources 250 at Daytona Motor Racing Network on the air, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Coming up next, Johnny Sauter will join us. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Johnny Sauter leading for the championship
6: battle right now, getting no challenges as he comes off the turn four for the final time.
0: And for the first time in his career, Johnny Sauter is the champion of the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series.
2: Now, back to Mike Bagley.
5: Ah, uh, that's how it sounded back in 2016. Johnny Sauter becoming a NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion. And guess what? He's back in 2018 to reclaim that title, and he joins us right now on NASCAR Live. Johnny, welcome back to the show. How you been?
7: Oh, doing great. It's a balmy 10 below zero here, so um, Daytona can't come soon enough. And uh, But other than that, life is good, everybody's healthy, and uh, season's right around the corner, so we're ready to get going.
5: You know, you mentioned how, how cold it is where you live in the Midwest. I think we all, at one point or another, have uh, suffered from Mother Nature's wrath over the course of the last two or three months outside of getting away from cold weather and getting into the warm weather down in Daytona. What about race team preparation? Where are you guys at right now? We mentioned a moment ago you won the title back in 16. You're going to try to obviously take it again this year. Where is GMS Racing heading into this season?
7: I think we're in great shape. Um, you know, I can, I can speak, obviously, for, for just my team, uh, the 21 team. Uh, we've I think we've got 100% of the same guys coming back. So, um, obviously, Little Joe and, and all the boys. So, uh, I feel really good about that, especially the way we finished up, you know, 2017 with, with getting a couple wins and, and only coming up one point short uh, for, for the championship. So, um, but GMS is an organization as a whole. Uh, I'm going to run five truck teams this year. So, um going to be pretty awesome we got uh, all makes and models of drivers <laughs> with uh, various backgrounds so looking forward to that and obviously Spencer is returning to the Xfinity series and I, I look for those guys uh, to really have a good year so um as a whole lot going on but uh stronger than ever and um you know looking forward to what the season brings for us
5: you mentioned that you've got basically drivers of every make and model and every skill set in that series. When you race around some of the younger guys, even some of the guys that have been in the series for a while, what are some of the things that go through your mind, and are there, are there built-in mental tolerances you have that, hey, I can do this with this guy, I can't race that guy a certain way, way and then I can race this guy a certain way? Do, are, are you mindful of who you're racing around and their skill sets?
7: Ah, uh, for sure. Um, more so now than ever. I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, when I'm taking a look around and just paying attention, obviously, um, you'll have a lot better idea of of where drivers are and and how they're acting on the racetrack by the fifth race of the year. But um, definitely paying attention to it. Daytona's always one that's tricky to get through anyway. So um, no matter who's driving, because all it takes is one mistake and it's it's bad for everybody. So um you obviously in the truck series you always have a lot of rookie guys so you're constantly making notes of uh you know what you saw in practice who who looks like they have speed who looks like they're you know in control and and who's out of control so um i think so I, i think there's definitely guys uh that i that i feel comfortable racing with and there's guys that um you know necessarily you know not necessarily so um having said that you know, we we still got a job to do, and that's to go out and race. And and hopefully we're we're running strong enough, like we were last year, um, where we we can kind of get out front and, and you know try to stay there all day. So, um, but you definitely pay attention to who's around you and what they're doing.
5: Johnny, the season opener is the next era Energy Resources 250. It comes up a week from uh, a week from Friday there at Daytona International Speedway. What is your mentality? I'm not going to call it plate racing, but but super speedway racing, Daytona and Talladega. What can you get away with? What can you not get away with in a race like that? A race that is very quick.
7: Well, you know, (laughs) I've been looking at it a little differently maybe. Um, Last year we won the first and second stage at Daytona and Talladega. So, um, obviously, GMS has got our Chevrolets rolling, and uh, I just got to figure out how to get to the end of these things. It always gets a little crazy at the end. So, uh, for me, I've been making a lot of mental notes on maybe what I could have did differently um, towards the last, you know five ten laps of those races to to have had a better shot at winning those races so um you know i'm i'm hoping that it's no different and that we show up with speed at daytona and, and i'll have a pretty good idea you know within the first couple of laps what kind of speed we have but um you know the biggest thing is just trying to be in position to have a shot to win that race and um i know that's easier said than done but there's things you can do there's things to look for uh i think you know at some point towards the middle part of the race it's you know, you've got to get a little bit more aggressive to try to get track position. And I think at the end of the day, track position is the key. So I've um, got a few different things um, with, with the engine package this year um, that, that maybe will alter the way that we draft or, or change things up a little bit. So I'm going to be paying close attention to that practice to see, um, you know, what kind of moves you can make with, with everybody uh, running that new new spec engine. So um, that's, that's the things that we got to keep our eyes out for, or keep our eyes on, and um, just try to be smart.
5: That is one of the major changes in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series for 2018. For those that don't know what a spec engine is or unfamiliar with that process, can you explain what's different now as far as the power plants are concerned in the truck series going into 18?
7: Yeah, well, the biggest thing is uh, I believe they're calling it the NT1, which is uh, an engine built by Omar. Um, And and basically what it does is kind of gets everybody on uh, on the same field. and the, the biggest reason for this is obviously just to, to try to save money, so um, save the team owners money, basically. So um, I feel like it's a good idea. I think it's actually a great idea. I think it's it's important to to the series to you know to to bolster it a little bit and hopefully get some you know attract some new owners and, and things like that to make it you know a more you know viable and competitive series. So uh, I applaud NASCAR and everybody involved on this and. Um, you know, basically it's, it's a little bit different engine package than what we're used to. Um, you know, it's a little bit bigger cubic inch, a uh, little less RPMs. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to do a little bit of testing with it last year um, at Darlington and, and uh, Martinsville. So um, having said that, I think, you know, like anything that's new, there will be some hurdles along the way. But for the most part, I think uh, when the team owners see how much money they're going to be saving at the end of the year, I think it's going to be a win-win for everybody.
5: Johnny, appreciate the time. Get all packed up. And, bring out your uh, swimming trunks and the like and get ready for some warm <laughs> weather down here in daytona next week
7: <laughs> i'm ready for it so looking forward to, to getting down there and appreciate you guys having me on
5: thank you that is johnny sauter coming up next we're going to talk nascar xfinity series racing with justin allgaier here they come three wide for the lead on the back straightaway there's only one here comes He'll dive to the bottom on Truick. Great American
2: race. Daytona Beach has so much NASCAR history. Celebrating 60 years of speed. Jimmy
3: Johnson continuing to show the way
5: And
2: suspense.
5: The move is going to come. The question is who will be the first to make it and when will it happen?
2: The 60th annual Daytona 500.
5: Ramlin to the bottom of Johnson. Now Boyer shoves Logano to the lead.
2: February 18th on the Motor Racing Network.
5: 500 Music Festival is
2: back at Daytona International Speedway How do you like me with Toby
8: Keith Chris
2: Stapleton Dirk Bentley, Sugar Land me, baby, like Billy Currington and so much more Country 500 Memorial Day weekend May 25th, 26th and 27th For tickets and information visit country500.com Sponsored in part by Budweiser
5: The NASCAR XFINITY Series kicks off its season at Daytona one week from Saturday. Join Motor Racing Network at 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the PowerShares QQQ300. Justin Allgaier joins us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Brings that bright red branch Chevrolet up the back straightaway for the final time for Junior Motorsports. Justin Allgaier the race leader by five
8: car lengths over Ryan Blaney off turn four. It's been a long dry spell for Justin Allgaier, but today he finds an oasis in the desert. He wins the DC Solar 200.
5: Now, back to Mike Bagley. We welcome you back to NASCAR Live. That's how it sounded. Almost a year ago, Justin Allgaier going to Victory Lane at what is now ISM Raceway out in Phoenix, Arizona. Let's go to the hotline. Let's bring in Justin Allgaier as we get set to start a brand new season of NASCAR Xfinity Series Racing. Justin, welcome back to NASCAR Live. How are you?
1: It's good to be back. <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm doing good.
5: Well, it sounds like you're on the move. Uh, help us put a, uh, put a pin in the map. Where is Justin Allgaier right now?
1: Well, Justin Allgaier right now is in is in Florida, um, on our way to to Volusia for dirt car racing. You know, it's it's been kind of crazy. Really, this off season has been I call it the off season. I I really haven't been off. You know, we've we've pretty much been gone all of all of the off season. You know, we left the the last race at Homestead and basically went straight down to Brazil and raced a, a Porsche down there with my my Brant teammate Miguel Paludo, and then just been on the go. One one thing after another. We had the Chili Bowl a couple weeks ago, and you know, it's funny because the the longer I go, the more I think that I'm going to have more time in the off season and, and the less time we actually have. But you know, this has been a lot of fun. We've done a lot of really cool things. And, you know, getting to come down here and do a little bit of dirt racing before we get started has always been a big deal to me because I feel like, number one, it, you know, puts you back in the right frame of mind. It gets you back in a race car and it makes you sharp again. But on the flip side of it, man, there's some extremely talented race car drivers that are out here at the dirt track and it's always fun to get to to see, you know, what's what's happening kind of in the world of racing outside and you know, what we just do on a regular basis.
5: And you just brought me to my next question. We hear from race car drivers during the season about how how worn out they are by the time you reach the end of the season and they're in Miami, but yet I don't hear many drivers turning away the opportunity to go do extracurricular racing. What kind of enjoyment do you find in this? Well, it's,
1: it's amazingly enjoyable. Uh, number one, you know, our fans in the sport. You know, not everybody can come to the NASCAR track, and we, we understand that. But grassroots racing right now is, is on fire as I've ever seen it. It's, it's been amazing to watch the car counts keep going up and up and the attendance keep going up and up. And, um, you know, obviously we want to make sure that we can connect with our fans on every level. Um, the second part of it, though, is is that, you know, for me, I feel like, you know, I, I grew up racing dirt, and there were years where we'd run, you know, 70, 80, 90 races a year. And I feel like once you've done that and once you've gone that, That ragged and crazy, it's hard to switch the 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 switch and say you know what I'm going to run 33 races a year. I think some of it actually has to do with why you see some of the Cup guys go down and run Xfinity Series races and so on and so forth with the Truck Series and and you know Xfinity guys or Truck guys going to run a K&N or arc races. I think it just adds that that extra little bit of number one confidence. You know, if you go and run well, it's great. But I think the other part of it is it adds the it kind of fills a need that that we all have as racers you know we if we could go to the racetrack and be on the on the racetrack 24 hours a day seven days a week we'd be all in you know we'd all we'd all jump at that opportunity and, and unfortunately that's not the, the case always but i feel like the the dirt track really provides a, a just a a good outlet to go out and, and to to learn and to to kind of you know keep feeding your your skills um especially too because you're racing against different guys all over the all over the country all over the world and it just makes
5: it fun. Chatting with Justin Allgaier on his way to do some some dirt track racing and soon off to the World Center of Racing to kick off the season with the NASCAR Xfinity Series PowerShares QQQ300 coming up one week from Saturday. So let's talk about the changing face of junior motorsports. You've got Elliot Sadler, your teammate, back. Michael Annette is back. And now you've got a brand new teammate to replace William Byron and Tyler Reddick. How has how has Junior Motorsports changed here over the course of the last 3 months?
1: Well, it's, it's actually been really fun because, you know, Tyler and I get along really well and we kind of had the same background growing up as far as how we got to to where we're at and you know what we raced in the in the past to get to this point. So, um, you know, he's been somebody that that uh, you know, it it's fun to watch his progression of his career and you know, last year when he was able to win at Kentucky, um, you know, I, I went right over and, and congratulated him in victory lane and, and didn't even know that he was going to be my teammate, you know, come a coming year later. But, you know, I think that, that, you know, he's extremely talented, number one. Number two, uh, he's just a good fit for our, our race team. Everybody at Junior Motorsports does a fantastic job. We've we've been lucky enough the last few years to to have great race cars and to have great teams. And, and you know, we've, we've put ourselves in position to go for a championship the last two years. And you know that's really all you can ask for. And I think that, that Tyler's the type that you know he can come in, uh, kind of fit in seamlessly. I mean, obviously William is extremely talented race car driver. Um, you know his raw talent is is incredible. And and you know that's going to be um, not necessarily big shoes to fill. It's just different shoes to fill uh, for for Tyler. But on the flip side of it, I think Tyler is extremely talented. I think he brings a lot of experience and a lot of a lot of talent to our race team. And I think that. You know, as we as we go into the season, you know, he'll have to learn us, and we're gonna have to learn him a little bit. But having Elliot and Michael as, as guys that you can that you can, uh, you know, you already know you get along with them. You already know what they're gonna like as a as a driver, what their style is, what what they want out of race car. So it's really easy to kind of plug and play as far as you helping them or them helping you. Um, you know, we're gonna have to learn Tyler a little bit. But I, I, from what I know so far, and and getting to know him on a on a teammate level. Um, that shouldn't be an issue at all.
5: When you talk about learning Tyler or learning someone, how do you go about doing that?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing is you, you listen. Uh, you know, everybody describes things differently. We all, we all have a, a lingo, I guess, if you will. You know, and a lot of it depends on what type of car you grew up driving, you know, as to what you, how you, uh, A, want the car to feel, B, what your, what your comments are about the car. You know, some drivers are very in depth. They, they know exactly, you know, what spring they want, you know, down to a down to a couple of pounds. And other drivers have no clue of, you know, anything fundamentally how how it works on a race car. They just know, hey, this is what I'm feeling, and you know, change me. Um, and so, you know, you kind of listen to the driver. You see what they what they say, how they say it, how they um, kind of relay their information, and then also too what they're looking for. You know, some drivers want a, a really tight race car. Some drivers want a really loose race car, you know, so finding that balance of, you know, what, what they want versus what you want, because at the end of the day, if we're all helping each other, which we, we've, we've done a great job of the last couple of years, you have to understand what that other person is feeling so that you know how to adjust your car to, to kind of maximize your day. So it's, it's a fine balance. It's very similar to the chemistry that you have with a crew chief, uh, just on a, on a different scale with a, with a teammate. So, you know, definitely am, am lucky that we got a great guy in Tyler and, um, I've already had great teammates in, in Michael and Elliot, so this year should be a lot of fun.
5: And we anticipate it being fun for you guys, the whole series as well. We enter a new racing season next weekend, Justin. Any any changes the fans can look for or look forward to as we begin another racing season?
1: Well, I think, you know, the introduction of the composite body pretty much everywhere with Daytona Houser, that's going to be a, a big change. Um, you know, even though the bodies are, are relatively similar, they're still different. You know, there, there's some things that, you know, NASCAR's obviously done their job as far as, hey, you know what, we're gonna change this. We're gonna make some rules that, that kind of go a step further as far as um, you know, being able to to check the cars, you know, the Hawkeye system and all of that. So the cars and the tolerances are, are a lot tighter. So, you know, we're we're working within a, a lot smaller box as far as the teams go. You know, so that's gonna be a big difference. The body looks pretty similar. You'll you'll notice a few little a uh, little details. You know, there's some there's some honeycomb pattern on a few different spots in the car. That's actually for inspection purposes, which is which is actually pretty cool that they can they can read those little honeycombs and know, you know, hey, these teams aren't manipulating the bodies and, and doing things that they shouldn't do. So from a from a parity level, that should be a big help. The other part of it is, you know, just we got a new paint scheme on our on our Grant Fresh and Cold Chevy this year. A couple of the other of the other sponsors that we have on our car have <clears throat> excuse me changed their their logos and paint schemes a little bit. So we got a lot of fun and exciting things going on at, at Junior Motorsports. Uh, but it should be fun. I think, you know, all the teams that, that um, you know, have, have been, you know, teams that, that you've had to look out for in the past are going to do their homework over the all-season as normal. But on the flip side of it, you know, hopefully there's some teams that because of the new body rules and things that, that um, you know, should hopefully bring the, the, the playing field a little bit more even. You know, hopefully there's a few teams that can – can thrive through that. So it should be a lot of fun this year.
5: Cannot wait for it to all break loose. And it begins with the PowerShares QQQ 300, one week from Saturday Motor Racing Network Airtime, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Justin, thanks so much for the time. Have fun on the short track, and we'll see you at the big track here in about a week. Sounds good, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. That is Justin allgaier of Junior Motorsports in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Coming up, we've got a social media minute with Kim Kuhn and a page from the past with Jackaroot. This is what it sounds like when real people find out
2: Chevy's the only brand to earn J.D. Power Dependability Awards for cars, trucks, and SUVs two years in a row.
3: I am so impressed. I think that's great, especially two years in a row.
2: Chevy's stepping up. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Get behind the wheel and see for yourself why Chevrolet keeps bringing home awards for dependability. Chevrolet. Find new roads. Awards based on 2013 and 2014. Model year vehicles. 2017, most dependable small car, large SUV, large heavy-duty pickup, and mid-size sporty car. 2016, most dependable mid-size car, compact SUV, large heavy-duty pickup, and mid-size sporty car. For J.D. Power Award information, visit JDPower.com.
5: Calling all admirers of the King. For Richard Petty, the SDP Pontiac. We have the place for you. Celebrate the life and career of NASCAR's all-time win leader, Richard Petty. Uh,
9: the head came about in the late 70s. From
5: the legend behind the King's famous crown to thrills and spills that the Hall of Famer had over the years.
3: Petty is sliding, slamming into the wall.
5: It's Richard Petty's Road to Royalty, and it's available for free to download on iTunes and MRN.com right now. Kim Kuhn's going to give us the latest social media news next. First, this is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Continuing on along with this week's get-together, let's bring in Kim Kuhn for a social media minute. Kim?
9: Well, Mike, everyone was posting about the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 52 between the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles. And Martin Trucks Jr., after having a championship year of his own in 2017, was hoping his NFL team, the Philadelphia Eagles, if you didn't know, um, would get a championship. He actually went to the game, and obviously the Eagles came out on top, won the Super Bowl, and you can go to Martin Trucks Jr.'s Twitter account. Uh, he's got this great picture of the field with people celebrating. He has this giddy look on his face, and he tweeted, Well, 2018 has started off well. feel really bad for Joey Logano and Steve Latart." because those two are obviously Patriots fans. And then hashtag fly, Eagles fly. But Martin Truex Jr. was not the only NASCAR personality in Minnesota for the game. Among others were Dale Earnhardt Jr., Rutledge Wood, as well as Ryan Blaney. And actually, if you go to Ryan Blaney's Twitter, at Blaney, there's a fun little competition that he, Dale Jr., and Martin Truex Jr. had while they were out there. They actually did a snow tubing competition. I'm not going to tell you who won because I'm going to make you go to his Twitter and check it out. But it's pretty Funny, but whenever the Super Bowl rolls around, that means that Daytona is right around the corner. We're headed there this week to kick off the 2018 season, and obviously to keep up to date with everything, you can follow us on Twitter at MRN Radio. And if you're going to tweet us, use that hashtag #AskMRN.
5: Thanks, Kim. You're right. The 2018 season is finally here. Thank goodness. As we get closer to next week's Daytona 500, MRN's Jack Aroot has been counting down the top 10 finishes of the Great American Race with a page from the past.
8: We have been taking a look at the top three most exciting Daytona 500s. And Mike, this week we take a look at number two, the 1976 Daytona 500. Now, Ramos-Stott captured the poll after the top two qualifiers were penalized for suspected use of nitrous oxide. It was also the first time that NASCAR used the term disallowed instead of disqualification. For most of the race, It was a battle between A.J. Foyt driving for Haas Ellington, Richard Petty in his S.T.P. Dodge, and David Pearson in the Wood Brothers Mercury.
3: The 70 lap rundown at car number 28. A.J. Foyt leading with Richard Petty in second, Bobby Allison third, David Pearson fourth, and Cuckoo Marlin fifth.
8: These three traded the top spot some 21 different times during the course of the event. And with just 30 laps to go, it was clear that this one was going to match two of NASCAR's biggest stars. Petty and Pearson. David Pearson drafted by Benny Parsons on lap 177 and held the lead for 10 laps until Petty swooped by the Silver Fox.
3: In that draft, he pulls right up on the rear bumper. Petty comes to the inside. The STP Dodge goes for the lead. And there's no question about it. Petty is beginning to play out here with that car number 21. They're setting each other up for the finish.
8: Petty's lead, however, was minute. When he looked in his rearview mirror, it was filled with the hood of Pearson's Purillator Mercury.
3: And here comes Pearson closing ground. What a magnificent struggle. It's the STP Dodge and the Purillator Mercury going at it here just car lengths apart in the waning moments of the 18th running of this race.
8: This tandem took the white flag that way and traversed turns one, two, three, and turn four glued together.
3: Petty gets out the groove, he gets a little high, then pulls it right down to the center of the groove this time. Here's Pearson knocking on the door. David chops it down to two car
2: lengths.
8: Then, Pearson struck. He tried to slingshot past the king, and heading to the tri-oval, the two touched. It was a moment captured by 2018 NASCAR Hall of Famer, Ken Squire.
3: Richard Petty goes back in front. They both spin. They're in the wall. Petty is sliding, slamming into the wall. He's coming down toward the finish line. Will he make it? He's still... Moving, the car stops 300, 400 feet shy of the finish line.
8: When the dust settled, there were two mangled race cars just a few yards away from the finish line, but mired in the infield tri grass. Benny Parsons was one lap down, but still out on the racetrack, speeding to the stripe. Petty's wrecked STP Dodge didn't move, but miraculously, Pearson's car did.
3: Pearson is still running. Here's Petty trying to fire to come across the line. David Pearson moving down through as they come to the stripe. The winner is car number 21.
8: He used the starter to bump start the car and proceeded to creep across the grass to not only win the Daytona 500 under power, but at a speed slower than the pace car. They finally did tow Pearson's car to victory lane that day, and the Silver Fox celebrated while Petty was scored second and Parsons third. Next week... We'll take a look at the race I believe is the most exciting Daytona 500 in history. Until then, I'm Jack Aroot for Pages from the Past. Thank you, Jackie. Can't wait
5: to get to your number one Daytona 500 pick next week. Coming up on NASCAR Live, Kyle Busch's crew chief, Adam Stevens, joins us to preview the 2018 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series schedule.
9: Things happen fast in racing, and if you don't know where to look, you can miss it all. With Legend from Racing Electronics, you'll never miss another moment. Legend gives you live fan vision video, in-car cameras and stats at NASCAR and other Premier Series events, and the next generation race scanner for unfiltered driver and crew audio at any motorsports event nationwide. NASCAR fans have never been closer to the action. Welcome to the future of the fan experience. Learn more by visiting RacingElectronics.com.
6: A new season is right around the corner, and NASCAR Today takes you along for the ride.
5: It's off-season, as for off the track, but not off the job.
6: Every weekday, we'll bring you the stars and stories driving NASCAR as we race toward the Daytona 500 February
2: 18th. We're focused in for sure on the Daytona 500.
6: Get set for the green flag on the 2018 season with NASCAR Today right here every weekday.
0: I don't know how we could top it other than doing it again and winning more races, right? Coming up
5: Saturday, Motor Racing Network will have three Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series practice sessions for you. First, at 10.30 a.m. Saturday, it's final practice for the Advance Auto Parts Clash. And then at 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. Eastern times on Saturday, it will be practice for the Daytona 500. You can hear it all at MRN.com. Kyle Busch's crew chief, Adam Stevens, joins us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
2: This is NASCAR Live. It's
5: been a long dry spell dating back to
3: Indianapolis last year. Finally, Kyle Busch is going to win in the Cup Series
2: and will score his first ever win at Pocono Raceway today. Now, back to
5: Mike Bagley. That's how it sounded in the second Pocono race last year. The first win for Kyle Busch, Adam Stevens, and that JGR number 18 team as we welcome you back to NASCAR Live and we welcome in the aforementioned crew chief adam stevens adam welcome back to nascar live how are you
10: oh man i'm doing great i can't believe the season's already.
5: you know we were joking before we went on here about uh the off season or lack thereof i imagine that once you uh once you get some turkey in the system there at thanksgiving it's all systems go there from pretty much uh, the beginning of december all the way to now is that right
10: Well, yeah, certain departments of the shop are a little bit busier at times, but uh, generally you're waiting for some uh, rules to come out, refinement of the rules and and pushing things back as long as you can um, as you develop. Um, The last thing you want to do is build cars and do things and then have to rebuild them and redo them because the rules were refined or you learned a few things in the meantime. So uh, generally from the end of the season until we get back from Christmas, it's on the slower side, but –
5: after that, once we get back from Christmas
10: time, it's pretty much fire drill until we get to Daytona.
5: <laughs> That's exactly what we're in right now. Before we start talking about rules changes and the like for twenty eighteen, what were some of your big takeaways from two thousand and seventeen? You had five opportunities that you won last year in the monster energy nascar cup series took it all the way down to the end having a chance to win the title what can you grow on and what has the team learned from and grown on that you can build on here as you roar into 2018. Well that's a great
10: question you know uh, as far as successful season goes it, it was a successful season you know we ran well we won some races and we were there right down to the final laps of homestead and, and just weren't able to pull it off. Um, you know how that race strategy worked out a little bit different, um, differently, or the cautions fell a little bit differently. Uh, I think we we could have certainly. So uh, we we were competitive as we needed to be, and we put ourselves as a team in the right position to to go down there and win a championship. And uh, you know certainly as a as a crew chief and and being involved in the Cup side for three years here and and being a part of the Homestead finale has been uh, something as a team we've been very proud of. So. Um, you know, if there was a negative takeaway take away from last season, um, aside from not really bringing home the big trophy, it's probably how long it took us. We had to run pretty deep in the season to get to victory lane, and, and not because we weren't competitive, just because it, it didn't work out. You know, sometimes it was out of our control, and sometimes it was completely in our control. And, man, we really hope to get to victory lane a little bit sooner this year. You
5: know, it's amazing to hear you reflect on 2017. Every crew chief does this. Every driver does this. We'll go back and we'll say, ah, yo, you won here. You had a good run there. But then it's, well, we could have won this or we could have won that. Do you keep track of things in your control and out of your control so that, say, hey, we could have won this one, but uh, we ran out of fuel or this one? You know, we had that late race caution flag. How do you separate what went good, what went bad? But in the bad category, like, well, that really wasn't our fault. We're just a victim of circumstance.
10: Sure, you know that's just a, a part of uh, self-evaluation and, and uh, professional sports. And if you're honest with yourself and and use all the tools that you're disposable to evaluate your decision making and your team's decision making and your driver's decision making, then uh, you can learn from it and get better. But uh, if you try to sugarcoat everything or, or spin it in a way that uh, might save some face on yourself or your team or your driver, then it's really hard to, to learn from that and to move forward and to get better. So. Um, you know, as a group, Kyle and I are extremely honest with each other. I'm sure you hear some of that on the radio on occasion. But uh, even behind closed doors, you know, you give us a day to think about it. We can come back and really say, you know, this is the situation we were faced with. This is the decision we made. And, and uh, this is why it was good, given the information we had. And, you know, this is how it could have been better. or This is why it was bad. And, and this is the, some of the details that we neglected that uh,
5: forced us into that decision. More coming up with Adam Stevens here on NASCAR Live.
2: Join MRN as we travel through the life of NASCAR's most popular driver, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. comes back to the Daytona International Speedway leading the pack. I won races that I never thought I'd win. From growing up under the Earnhardt name to Super Speedway wins to Whiskey River, we dive into everything Dale Jr. He's brain man for NASCAR history. You know, we weren't the typical family that got to sit down to dinner together. Tune in to Junior's Journey, available on iTunes for download only on the Motor Racing Network.
0: The new NASCAR season at the new ISM Raceway in Phoenix. Think it'll be
2: loud? Nope, louder. Think it'll be wild? Nope, wilder. You think you've seen it all? We're just getting started. Join the NASCAR nation in Phoenix for the Ticket Guardian 500 race weekend, March 9th, 10th, and 11th. Find tickets from $30 now at ismraceway.com.
5: We've got you covered this weekend starting on Saturday with practice for the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. And don't forget, the season really starts on Sunday. We'll have qualifying for the Daytona 500 12 noon Eastern on Sunday followed by the Advanced Auto Parts Clash at 2 in the East. More Adam Stevens next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We continue our visit with Kyle Busch's crew chief, Adam Stevens, from the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. All right, the foundation and the groundwork has been laid for another racing season. Some of that foundation involves some tweaks and some adjustments. To probably the average fan, they're saying, "Eh, not a lot happened, not a lot of changes here in the offseason, but... I'm keeping a tally sheet. seems like that there's a lot going on in that garage than what meets the eye. What are some of the bigger changes that are coming your way as a crew chief that you'll have to manage in this racing season?
10: Oh, there's been so much. And so much of it, um, from a application standpoint, is still to be decided. You know, uh, the five guys doing the pit stop is huge. And then, really, it's only four because the gas man can only gas the car. He can't assist the pit stop, you know, making adjustments or – pulling tires like every gas man on pit road did. Um, So that's completely the change, the choreography of the pit stops. And we don't really know what everybody's going to be trying to do and and trying to pull. And, and, uh, you know, how fast, we don't know what the speed limit is, really. You know, how fast can you do a pit stop now? Uh, We don't know. And and the implementation of the uh, uh, stock guns, that uh, everybody's going to have the same pit guns over the wall, you know, we we don't know how that's going to work. We haven't. Put those guns through the paces uh, on live pit stops over and over, week in, uh, week in and week out. So we don't know what uh, to expect there quite yet. And uh, man, beyond that, the uh, the Hawkeye system is is a big unknown. We don't know how that's going to change the competitiveness competitiveness of our cars or, or the other cars or mix things up. We don't know how repeatable it's going to be. We haven't had one go track to track and and set up through all different types of weather conditions to know. Um, what the variation in the measurements is going to be, and uh, how those tolerance are gonna, tolerances are going to apply to our body builds, quite yet. So there's lots of new rules on the books, but the implementation and the uh, you know the downstream effects of those rules we just haven't seen yet.
5: The Hawkeye system that Adam refers to is the new Hawkeye inspection system. It replaces the LIS or the laser inspection station that got so much attention last year. What is the premise of the Hawkeye system? And for the fan that doesn't know, Adam, how is that different from the LIS from a year ago?
10: Well, not only does it replace the uh, LIS, the laser, laser inspection system, it replaces majority of the templates and the whole grid system. So, you know, we pull this, we pull our cars into a room and the curtains come down over this room and all the lights blocked out and there's a, projector that projects a matrix of dots all over the car and there's cameras that pick up where these dots are and it basically makes a scan of the outer shell of your body in the wheel positions so it's taking all the measurements that uh, we used to take through uh, a template station and through uh, the LIS and doing it all at one time and, and taking some of the human element out of it but you know we we changed the human element for a mechanical element so And a software element, so it's, it's, it's a different animal. But, um, you know, as far as the cars on the track, it, it shouldn't really change much. Um, but for the guys that built the cars and operate the cars and try to optimize the cars, it's going to change everything. But <laughs> we just don't know uh, about the repeatability. We don't know about how it's affected by the weather or by transportation or getting set up and tore down and, and all of those things that could have possibly affect any kind of mechanical system. Um, We just don't know um, how they're quite going to affect it yet.
5: One of the other things that we'll be looking for when we get to Daytona is the sealed engine situation that uh, you folks will be encountering. Uh, Only allowed one engine for the entirety of of speed weeks. Your thoughts on that, and and how does that process take place, and what what does NASCAR mean by a sealed engine? Yeah, I
10: forgot about that one. Yeah, that's a big one. you know, the sealed engine from the fan standpoint and even from my standpoint is a cost savings measure. It's not really going to change anything competitiveness wise. Um, it's just changing us from maybe building the engines where they would only last a certain amount of miles or a certain amount of laps and having to increase the, that time that they will last so we can run them in a second event. So when you present the car with a new engine, um, that engine will get a seal on it that will prevent you from uh, tearing the engine down other than in, in replacing the crankshaft or uh, working on the cylinders or, or things of that nature um, that would constitute a new engine build. Um, you can still change valve springs and change the oil and, and do simple things that you would need to do to get it ready for another event, um, but you will have to run a sealed engine, I believe, 13 times before you get to the second Phoenix race. Uh, and if not, there's there's all kinds of penalties and things that can happen. But uh, it's just a a, a a way for NASCAR to uh, reduce the cost across the whole field um, so we're not rebuilding engines all the time. Um, and it shouldn't affect anything on the racetrack or um, from a race ability or a, a fan standpoint. So I applaud that move. I think it's uh, well thought out. And I think one uh, of the downstream implications have been vetted. Um, and, and you see some, a similar thing in the Xfinity Series that they've been doing for a number of years. So, um, you know, the, the groundwork was already laid and uh, the blueprint was kind of already there. So, um, you know, that's going to be uh, kind of a, more of a behind-the-scenes uh, measure this year.
5: One more thing before we let you go. No ride height rule at Daytona. Cars can be absolutely as low as you want them to be. What is the chain reaction to that decision to do away with the ride height roll and how much speed can we anticipate beyond what we normally get out of those cars in Daytona?
10: Yeah. Well, the, the cars are certainly going to go faster and to combat how much faster they're going to go. They, you know, they change the restrictor plate size um, to kind of get us back in a ballpark of speed that they want us in. Um, and, and they re- change the restrictor plate size um, almost every year. Um, based on whatever rules package they have to keep, kind of keep us going the speed that they want us to go. But uh, the big thing that it does is it changes the liftoff speed when the cars spin or go around backwards, just having the car so much lower to the ground on the straightaways, whereas the place that you see a lot of the wrecks and, and when these cars get sideways and the downforce comes off of them, it becomes lift, and it starts to pick these cars up and flip over, and all kinds of bad things happen when uh, the drivers aren't in control. So, you know, it's definitely a safety measure. And it will improve it in that aspect. But uh, we've never had all these cars slammed to the earth out there racing around. And, and uh, I mean, this, the implications, again, in, in the pack, pack-style racing, we don't know what it's going to do. You know, we can evaluate it in a wind tunnel and set it at whatever right height we want and know how it's going to behave as a single car and, you know, how much downforce we lose or how much drag we lose. Uh, and, you know, how stable it might be, and we can put that in our, in our into our simulations, but uh, nobody on earth has got a simulation that can put 40 cars out there with it and let that wind swirl around and uh, let drivers juke around and make all the decisions they make. So I can tell you, as a crew chief, the most exciting practice I'll ever be involved in up to this point in my career is going to be the first practice at Daytona when we get all these cars out there slammed on the ground out there
5: running around. <sighs> Wow, other than all this, crew chief, not a lot going on.
10: <laughs> yeah, I tell you, there's, there's core, too. Uh, every time you ask me a question, I think of another thing i got to go handle before we leave here. and uh, Another thing i got to look out for in these coming weeks.
5: Well, you know what? We'll turn you loose. We appreciate you giving us some time. All the best during uh, the events of Speed Weeks and Points Beyond, and we appreciate your expertise.
10: Absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me on.
5: Thank you. That's Adam Stevens, Kyle Busch's Crew Chief at Joe Gibbs Racing. Coming up, we'll look back on this week in NASCAR
4: history. This tax season, AutoZone has everything your car needs. And now those parts and supplies come with more savings when you sign up for the AutoZone Rewards Program. You'll earn 20 bucks every time you spend $20 or more five times. One more way to get more done. And this tax season, get more savings and more miles with great deals on the right oil and filters to keep your engine better protected. Stop in, and let's get you what you need. Restrictions and details in store.
0: Get in the zone, AutoZone.
4: The Starlight Lounge
1: presents An Evening with the Progressive Box.
0: Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, oh, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay, and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the moon. Is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark.
1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited
2: by state law. This is NASCAR Live. Now,
5: back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It is that time, my friends. One of our favorite features on this show is back, and it's this week in NASCAR history. This week, we start in 1982. The J. Giles Band has the number one song with Centerfold, At the movies, the award winning drama on Golden Pond was number one. And in Daytona, Bobby Allison became the fourth different winner in the class.
3: Shuffle Neil egg. Neil Bonnet goes down low, right behind him is Daryl Waltrip, Bonnet has an advantage, coming off the turn, a three car freight train with Bonnet. Turn four, down to the line, they come two abreast, right now Neil Bonnet trying to get the lead, coming down to the bottom of the racetrack is Waltrip, he almost gets out of shape and Bobby Allison will win it, and I'm not even going to call second place, it is that tight as they come across the line.
5: Jumping forward to 1988, George Michael had the number one album with Faith. In the news, Panamanian General Manuel Noriega is indicted for drug trafficking. And at Daytona, Dale Earnhardt was winning his third clash. Dale Earnhardt leads the field off turn four down to the checkered flag. Earnhardt just pinned it right to the bottom of
3: the racetrack. Did not give any room at all. Here he comes out of the line. Earnhardt is going to win the Bush Clash.
5: And we end this week in 1999. The Dixie Chicks had the number one country album with wide open spaces. On HBO, a new show called The Sopranos was gaining momentum with viewers and NASCAR was in Daytona for the 21st running of the Clash. This time, it was Mark
0: Martin winning at the World Center of Racing. As low as you can go, tries to draw to within a half car length of Mark Martin. He doesn't have a chance off the corner.
3: Final sprint to the checkered flag. Mark Martin has never enjoyed good luck or success at the Daytona International Speedway. He will today. Martin wins the butt shootout for 1999 by two tenths of a second over Ken Schrader. Happy
5: birthday to you. Happy birthday this week to NASCAR Hall of Famer Daryl Waltrip. And those are just some of the events of this week in NASCAR history. Before we leave you this week, folks, got a couple of programming updates for you. First of all, this coming Tuesday, that'll be February 13th, we're taking NASCAR Live on the road to Outback Steakhouse, just outside of Daytona International Speedway. NASCAR Vice Chairman Mike Helton will stop by. Members of the MRN crew will be there as well, including NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace. And also, want to bring you up to speed about a brand new podcast coming to MRN.com. It's called the 1993 season, 25 years later. This is gonna be a 10 part series that will take you through the entire season, all the while telling you stories that you've never heard before from all the players from that year. Here's what a sample of that sounds like.
3: Kyle Petty, halfway down the long pond straight away. Davey and I were racing and
8: Davey was behind me and and we came off the corner and there's a guy standing in the middle of the racetrack. And, and listen, that, uh, let's be honest, it was not unusual to see stuff in the middle of the racetrack at Pocono during that period of time. Whether it was groundhogs, whether it was deer, it didn't make any difference. I mean, we can go back in time. There were plenty of cautions for wildlife on the racetrack.
0: The motorsports world lost a family member late Thursday night when Alan Kowicki was killed in an airplane accident en route to today's race in Bristol, Tennessee.
3: Oh, man, it was, uh, it was a tough deal, you know. Uh, it's, it's, it still is, obviously. So, uh... <clears throat> We were a little off on our pit stops,
4: uh, we elected to uh, stay back.
3: Schrader slips and turn two, car got hit from the rear, Schrader goes to the outside of the track.
4: I, I remember I came to Atlanta, first day in the garage I was looking for Kenny, because I, I, I witnessed Dale wreck him, and I knew he did it, I mean, kind of on purpose, it looked like to me. And so I wanted to find Kenny to make sure that he wasn't going to retaliate at Atlanta, right? <laughs> so I find him, and he's mad, he's still plenty mad. And he said, oh, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him.
3: Dale Jarrett, who just hit the wall up there, apparently had a little help. He is walking out into the middle of the racetrack. Oh, and he threw his
2: helmet.
4: Probably uh,
2: wasn't the first driver to throw a helmet, but uh, walked out and and uh, in uh, with Joe Gibbs quarterbacks uh, over the years, I showed my arm a little bit and threw my helmet there and uh, a little frustration. But but all, you know, things happen. You understand that and you move on. It was a learning experience for me, and, and, and it was unfortunate for us at the time, but, uh, you know, we're still able to battle through the year.
5: Folks, be sure to check it out at MRN.com on Tuesday, February 20th, two days after the Great American Race. It's called the 1993 season, 25 years later. And again, download it for free starting on february 20th that's gonna put a wrap on this week's show we thank johnny sauter for stopping by also justin allgaier and adam stevens for the rest of the mrn crew i'm mike bagley thank you so much for joining us today can't wait to talk to you this week from daytona and next week live from outback steakhouse so long everybody NASCAR
2: Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida, and was brought to you by Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Today's broadcast was produced by Rich Colbert. Remember to visit MRN.com to get all of the latest NASCAR news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing
0: Network. Five-hour energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five-hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss. Getting rid of old clothes.
1: Oh, my old bell
0: bottoms. Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at
7: shop5hourenergy.com. 5-Hour Energy. Energy for hunkering down.